This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What What I'd Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, I heard a quote today because I was going to be like, oh, this is just trying to figure out the new normal. But there was a, like, we had a work meeting with all the company and one person said that this is not the new normal. This is the new now. And I thought, I really like that. Like, this is just what's happening right now. You know, this too shall pass. And I know it's going to take a while, but we don't have to figure out how to live this way because this is not forever. No, and especially if we continue um Doing the stay at home and, you know, six feet apart, et cetera. Then we get the curve down and then hopefully, you know, things will start to, you know, go back a little, you know. Well, I think, you know, once we find a vaccine and some medicines, that's when it will truly, you know, we'll figure out a way of living outside of our homes finally again. Yes. And actually, you know, physically be able to be with each other. But at least right now, like we talked about last week, we have technology and it won't last for this won't last forever. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be a memory one day and we're part of history and we'll be telling our grandchildren how we lived through it. Hopefully. Hey, you know, there you go. They get to see, hey, mom and dad. Wait, mom and dad? No. Grammy and Grampy or whoever would live through a pandemic. Interesting. And hopefully they won't have to live through. And hopefully we'll have some type of uh, cure or some type of medicine. Well, I mean, it's like the flu. That's how, I mean, we still have the flu. People still die from the flu. But, you know, it's like. It's not quite as bad, and I hope that, you know, we'll have a vaccine, we'll have medicine, so, you know, it'll probably still be around, but not as scary. As, uh, yeah, even potent as much. Like, it will just be not under the flu, but it will hope. Yeah, and I'm not comparing it to the flu. Just oh, God. As, yeah. Like, just to let people know I'm not a doctor, I believe that it is worse than the flu, but I feel like it will be kind of like the flu future flu. I understood what you were saying. That I I agree. Exactly. I agree fully on that note. So that that's good though that this too shall pass. I love that. Yeah. So this episode had your favorite person, Keely, and it is telling people about co-creating. Oh, it was very exciting to talk to her, even though I basically see her, well, not lately, every week, and she's a great friend, and you get to hear all about improv and how we work together. So I think it was good. Um, I learned some stuff because I am a newbie when it comes to improv. I go to improv shows, but I don't know the ins and outs, so it was good to kind of learn about that. And a little bit of her background. Yeah, I I, I find it really um I, I find it very uh, helpful that she did uh, discuss it with uh, even me because you get to learn so much about it. And not many people understand improv; they just assume, you know, it's something silly. I mean, it is silly, but something stupid almost that like we are already just have these acted out. It's a very supportive uh, community where you support one another and create something awesome that never usually happens again. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy. We are here with my good friend and teacher, Keely. Hi, Keely. 
Hi, Rachel. Hi, Keely. Hi, Hannah. How are you? You know, I am as good as you can be during a pandemic. <laughs> as good as expected. That's what my grandmother would always say when someone asked her. As good as expected. <laughs> yeah, your grandma was a wise woman. Yeah. So I'm as good um, as expected with all the unexpected. <laughs> yeah. And we are here to discuss improv. And Do you how- guys want to like explain how you guys met? Did you, you guys met through improv, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, do you want to <laughs> that or do you want me to? Oh, I would love to hear your side of the story. Oh, okay. Well, I, I teach, you know, improv. That's what I do. And uh, Rachel came to, I think, a level one class, right? And, you know, if anybody knows Rachel, she's just unforgettable, you know? <laughs> and I just remember her coming in and it was just like a ball of energy ready to do something and not quite sure what was what she had to do but she was ready to do it and you know that's an improv teacher's dream when you have somebody who's just willing to jump out there and give everything a try and you know embrace failure and you know fail and pick themselves up and just get you know keep going and so that was my impression I can't after that, I can't really remember, you know, if you, you, I guess you stayed for all the levels, right? Um, yep. that I taught. Yep. And, uh, and I only skipped, I think one other for a few months and then I came back and we've known each other for, I think six years. Almost. Oh my gosh. Let's yeah. Not. So we've been friends slash, uh, you know, teacher and student for all those years. And it's been great to have Keely as a teacher and a mentor too, because uh, if you guys ever take her class, we'll give you the information, too, at the end. But she is amazing and definitely builds your confidence up, too. How did yeah. you get started with improv? Just a quick. Right. A you don't quick, have to go through the whole story. Whole story. <laughs> no, um, I just I saw an improv show when I was younger in Miami. And I just remember going to it and sitting there and being like, wow, this is my tribe. These people get what I want to do. And I didn't even know I wanted to do it till I saw them doing it. Um, but you know, I was just totally turned on by the fact that they got up on stage with no scripts, and they created something out of nothing. And to a lot of actors, that's a terrifying thing. Um, but to me, it was exactly where I wanted to be on stage. Um, so after that, I, uh, you know, took maybe a few classes, workshops, and then I, um, auditioned for, um, Laughing Gas, which is the longest running theater in Miami. I got in, which was pretty miraculous, um, right away because usually they had to do classes and then join. And then I was with them for a while. And then I decided, all right, where is this improv thing taking me? And I heard about a little town called Chicago. That, you know, so tiny. It's so tiny. It's so tiny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got on a plane and went to Chicago from Miami Beach and I was like, wow, this town's cold, <laughs> but it's hot <laughs> with improv. And so I, um, I got to play with a lot of the wonderful schools there, IO and Second City and, um, Annoyance. And it's really the epicenter. And I just feel really blessed that I was able to some, merge myself in that, you know, world and really learn from just some great people. And so, and then I uh, moved to DC and I thought that's it. And lo and behold, DC needed improv more than any place I've ever been. 
So here you I am. And I talked about that too in the past too. How you're like, this city really, really needs it with all the suits and everything. What the all the stress? No connection. Yeah. I I felt like um you know in Chicago we could connect about the Cubs and food and the cold and you know, the five days of summer. When I came after all that connection, when I came to DC, I was like, wait a minute, um, wh- what are we connecting? And there, I just didn't find it. And because it's so transient here and people are only staying for a little bit, then they're leaving and they're from all over. You know, I would like to say that that's the case, but I grew up in Miami and you can't be in more transient, more you know, culturally diverse and people still connected. You know, some of my best friends were Brazilian, Peruvians, you know, from Chile, from Spain, from France, from, you know, so culturally we found those connections. So I, I don't, you know, because we're living here, I don't want to label it. There's just, <laughs> There's you know, just we, stuffy here. Like, oh, no, no, we, we just, you know, everybody has a label, their own label. Um, you know, oh yeah, definitely. I'll email you about that and you never hear back. Yeah. I'll give you a call about that and you never hear back. Did you start teaching once you came to DC or did you do that in Chicago as well? I really started teaching here more. I remember, um, I was with really trained improvisers in Chicago. So, um, it was on another level. And I remember when I started teaching here, I had to teach my first beginning class. And I remember saying to my husband, well, I better go read some books. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, got all the books and started reading about it. And it was amazing because um, I I remember reading one book and just being like, wow, this guy from England knows all about me and he never <laughs> met me. And so, you know, I was more into learning, doing it to learn. Like you have to do improv to learn improv. And because I was teaching beginners, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, I had a plan, a solid plan. I did, I made a really solid plan and, and I use a lot of that plan that actually I came up with years ago for my first class of my first level, which is really my most canned, uh, like rote class where I have a plan because I'm with beginners. But then after that, I really adjust the class based on the people who have signed up. And, um, that's just worked well for me because my core philosophy is to find how you as a person will improvise. And then I kind of give you some spokes on the wheel to make it better. But I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of the magic that you're bringing to this art. So that's really my, my goal. Yeah. You want to add to it. And uh, that's what was nice too, because once we, I did the first class with you at the first uh, level, what was nice was, like you said, it was hands on. It was not just textbook because you and I discussed in the past that sometimes it goes more textbook, but you notice like with your students, sometimes it's just better to do hands on and see different types of personalities get together. So it's a really, it's really nice to see because all of our classes are catered to each, like she said, each and every one of us, but also like, uh, you get to see each other grow and form a group together and come up, come I can't say the word. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's, you explained that so well, Rachel. And that's exactly what I do. I look at the individuals and then I assess what they may need to work on. And then at a certain point, the magic happens in improv that we call group mind. And then I look at the whole 
and then I see how they can improve. But I, you know, I still honor the, the individual magic that's brought and I never want to squash that in my students at all. I never want to give them such a learning device that it will be like, okay, you do A, B, C, and you get D. You know, I want them to figure out how they get to their, from their A to their C or their A to their D. Um, because, you know, it's, I, I gotta tell you, sometimes I'm amazed. I'm always amazed by my students. I'm amazed they walk through the door. I'm amazed they listen to me. I'm amazed they do half the things that I ask them to do. And I'm amazed that they stick with me. Um, you know, it's like the what age, it, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hannah. I was going to say, like, your age range is completely different. Like, when I've gone to your shows, you, you have, like, a variety of ages. Do you have, like, a certain age? Yeah. No, I don't. And, and that's one of the reasons um, I like to say when I was in – uh, Chicago, there was a lot of what I call kind of young guns that, you know, were all kind of the same age group, you know, peers that did this. You know, we had the few that had been in the business for a while, but they usually were the teachers. And, and when I came to DC, one of the things that I did decide was to be at a community theater because I wanted a diverse, you know, range of people and ages and and I have not been disappointed I have had from 18 to 80 and they've been in the same class and they've done a show together and it is like again I'm just amazed by the students they really every time you know they're all like okay get us ready and I always promise them I say I will get you as ready as I can get you and put you in the you know the games and the or the choose a long form format that will give you the greatest chance of success for an art form that guarantees no success. <laughs> and, it's beautiful at the end too, especially uh, with uh, all the classmates that we, that I've had, like my scene partners and my fellow improvisers. I have to say the different types of age groups, and just in general is awesome. And that's how I love my improv troupe now because we have such a range and we all just work well together and we're all so different too. That's what's great. Oh yeah. No, I definitely, I have been honored to teach, you know, some of the people that have come through that door. And the great thing is, I mean, I have people that come and come through that door and they're way smarter than me or not. Um, you know, I have ranges there too, right? <laughs> but I, I, I love that everybody accepts everybody. You know, the doctor with the PhD is going to just be as respectful to the new high school graduate and is going to learn something. And when you can get people on a playing ground like that, it's just something special. Yeah, but I, I'll take that back. I think all my students are smarter than me. <laughs> I doubt that. So for us, the, we don't understand improv. Do you want to explain what long form and short form means? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, short form is more like a um, already set up game that kind of has like a gimmick to it. So they, you know, they usually have like a certain way of playing, playing it. Uh, for example, if you've seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, they do a lot of short form games and they might have like, um, I think they do party quirks a lot. 
where they get like three quirks that the guests will have and one person will have to um, guess what those quirks are, you know, or we might play new choice where two people will get up and they'll start a scene. And then at various times, a caller will call out new choice and they'll have to make a new choice. So that's kind of short form and the games that they have. Long form is completely different. It's long form and the name kind of says what it is. It's where you can get one piece of information or no, you know, information at all. You don't really even have to get it because it's improv. So you might just get what, what did you have for dinner tonight? Um, I had, you know, eggplant. Okay. Then we'll just do an hour show inspired from that one word and we'll do various scenes and those scenes will, um, inspire other scenes and it'll just be continuous without stopping. And hopefully there'll be some callbacks and, you know, hopefully it will be enjoyable. So the most important thing uh, I think about improv is that, you know, we're not going for the funny. We're never looking for that. We're always looking to expose that unspoken truth of a moment where, you know, a couple can be in the audience and, you know, the girlfriend might go, you do that all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's the way you act. And, and, you know, so we're just uncovering, you know, we're, we're saying the things that maybe aren't always said and, in a scene and letting that be exposed. You know, we never want to do the one-liners. We never want to go to a bag of tricks. We want to just find that, that unspoken truth and let it out. And, and that's where the audience finds the joy in that moment. And, and we do too as performers because we're like, wow, yeah, I guess, you know, that does happen when people are cutting carrots a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you think about that. So I don't know if I gave justice to those uh, explanations, but that's kind of kind of the difference between short form and long form. Is that the only things about improv or are there, is that like the main two things if you're doing improv, those were the things you do? We I have so many though. We have like besides our shows, like with the long form and short form, not to like take over Keely, but we have so much with our group mind and warm ups and just sitting together and talking that it's a, like we said earlier, it's such a group, it's so, it brings people together, and that's why it's good right now, like we're talking about with the quarantine and all that's going on. That's what's great about improv, because a lot of them are actually doing it over um, Skype now in other places, too, just to stay with each other and have that communication. So I think it's a lot. But, I mean, what else do you think, Keely, too? With? Oh, I think, yeah, I think Rachel's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to limit improv <laughs> to just long-form, short-form I mean, it can be, you know, two, a lot, there's a lot of two person improv groups that are wonderful. There's solo improv, improvisers that do a one woman. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, just, I never knew that. That's so cool. I never I, knew that. You know, I just think that if there's anything out there that can, that an improviser wants to try, you know, the, the great thing is the community is always supportive and they're always like, Oh, well, that sounds ridiculous. Let's give that a try. <laughs> and, um, that's what's wonderful about improv too is that, you know, we, we train ourselves to allow every idea to have the chance to be acted on. You know, a lot of times I'll be with a group of improvisers and, 
we'll be preparing for a show and we'll do things and we'll be laughing. It'll be the funniest things to us. And then we have to ask ourselves, wait a minute, that's pretty funny to us. Is that going to be funny to people watching it? <laughs> because we're just ready to try anything. So that's what's really, you know, nice about improv is just, there's just, there, nothing is ever rejected. Nothing is ever like, that's ridiculous. That won't work. I mean, at a certain point, yeah, we all might have to make that call. Like, well, that was a lot of fun. The audience is never going to understand it. And so maybe we should put that to the side. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pluses to doing this art form. Um, definitely. And, uh, like, like, you know, the great writers have said, or the writer said, I don't know who it was it was, it was it Ernest Hemingway or someone else. I don't know. I can't quote well, but you know, you have to kill your babies or you got to kill your darlings or whatever. Not your baby. I'm sorry. Your darlings. Yeah. Let's not kill any babies. <laughs> I mean, we are, you know, pro-choice here. But... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I meant, I meant more like your ideas are called your babies. Right, your, yeah. Your, yeah. <laughs> see, I shouldn't have quoted it. See, uh, the unexpected, what is it? The unspoken truth. <laughs> the unspoken truth. I'm yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of mothers. I'm a mother. And at times, you know, especially when they're teenagers, you're like, what? Yeah. But you always, at the end of the day, you know, no, not the real ones. Just the, just the idea. Hypothetical on the paper. In your mind, yes. So, wrong words. Kill your darlings. I think that's what it is, or whatever. You yeah, can look it up. The audience will understand. Yeah, look it up. Look that up so we can quote you for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely. Again, I improvise. So. <laughs> this seems like a great time to pause and tell everyone to subscribe, so they will be notified of our next episode. It isn't like you have anything else to do, right? Exactly. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Stay healthy, everyone. And now back to our show. Now, Keely, this is our segment where you get to tell people what you would like to tell them. All right. Finally, I get to tell people what I'd like to tell them. First of all, I want to tell everyone you're a great human being, okay? You should know that. Second of all, I want to say that, you know, during this time, you're going to do some things and you're probably going to do them poorly and you're not going to do them so well. And that's okay. You know what? If you try to do something during this time of stress and worry, even if you try and it's not as perfect as you want it to be, I mean, we all want to do everything perfectly and you do it poorly. At least you tried. So I want to say keep trying whatever it is that you want to do, should do, feel you should do, whatever it is. And the other thing I want to say is improv really works on being supportive to each other. So, you know, keep that in mind. Be supportive not only to other people, but be supportive to yourself and create whatever safe spaces you need to create. Definitely during this time, that's something that I do as a teacher, when I teach improv, is my first goal is to create a safe space. And then eh, we do a little improv. So right now, create your safe space, whatever that takes to do that. Please do that. And, you know, just be confident that this too will pass, that, you know, you're going to just accept what is happening and you're going to make offers. And some of those offers are 
going to be accepted by the world or by yourself. And some of them aren't, but just be kind to yourself and just keep going. And I guess the other thing is, you know, I don't really even know how to end it, but just embrace this unexpected time and find what you need to find by not, you know, putting up walls or, you know, saying no, but saying, yeah, you know, life sucks right now. And look at that. I learned how to make bread. (laughs) I think this is going to be an amazing time for artists. Like all the stuff that's going to come out of this, all the art and creation is going to be really amazing. I think so too. We love it. Artists, we just love strife. That's when we create. It's so true. That's what started with me and Hannah Nizis with the podcast, too. I've been, like, testing artwork for it, too, and doing all this stuff now. I guess we're just yes-anding it, us artists, right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is our time. Bring on the (laughs) pandemic. We're ready to create. It's a lonely time. Yeah. Uh, Greatest minds, too. That's how uh, Vincent Van Gogh was. He was happiest when he was alone, basically, in um, the uh, mental facility, and he painted the most beautiful artwork this starry night. So that's how it works. His birthday was yesterday, Monday, March 30th. Oh, look at you. Oh, you guys are so cultured. I so this art history, but I also heard that on the news. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's so, I have an artistic minor. Yes. I know. I was going to say, I still, I, I think I said to my daughter the, the other day, yeah, you know, Picasso, the one that cut his ear off. And she looked at me and was like, oh, mom. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Is that, or was she just like, bless your heart? <laughs> she is constantly at 13, like, bless your heart. Like when she brings, you know, math to me, she's like, oh, mom, thank God they, they created calculators for you. You go do your improv, mom. <laughs> Well, yeah. thank you, Keely, for sharing everything about yeah. improv and how it brings us together. Well, I don't know if I told you everything. Some, some part two will come over. We'll yeah. have a part two. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, if I can, I would love to mention that I am starting a virtual improv class um, on April 6th. And Do you have a link that we can share? Or for like yeah, they can go to the Little Theater of Alexandria. And go to improv. And for some reason, they have to look under summer classes, but it's really spring we're doing this in. And they can find it under there under tailor made improv. You know, work on your improv goals during this trying time. And what I've done is I've kind of set it up where you can pay as you go. So you can pay for one class, but if you pay for more at once, of course, I lowered the price because I don't know seem like that that was um, the right thing to do. And they also have payment plans. So check with LTA because they know that a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff. So, you know, just know that. I'll be there. Yay. Yeah. So yes. that's starting up. So, yay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Okay. I just have to pay, but I'll be there. I'll just show up and pay sometime. <laughs> Well, that's exciting. And we'll include the link in the show description so that way people can click. So whenever they're listening, they can click on it. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like I learned a lot because I don't know anything about improv besides coming to Rachel's show. And, and I've been to a few other improv shows in New York and Denver. But other than that. This is really interesting and helpful. Yeah, and thank you for coming to improv shows because 
because of people like you, Hannah, that come to shows, we can do what we love. So I always thank my audience quite a bit (laughs) because doing improv with just your teacher is not always the most fun. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm laughing inside. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen it all. You're like, eh. Yeah, I can't really watch a lot of improv now. It's pretty sad, but. <laughs> but I can teach it. I can watch my students because I can side coach. So that's okay. Yeah. yeah, but thank you so much. And thank you for what you girls, you ladies, you women are doing, you know, get people's thoughts out there in the world. That's pretty cool, too. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, Kaylee. Yeah, and if you guys get lonely, you can call me. Oh, yay. I'll be yeah. calling. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Hang in there. Thanks. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. So, Hannah, what did you think about this episode? I really liked it. I think that, you know, Keely has an amazing background coming from Miami to Chicago to D.C. She's worked with a lot of people, learned about improv and then teaching. And I feel like it takes a lot to teach. I mean, they have the same those that can't or those that can't do they should teach but I really think it's the opposite I think those that who are really great at what they do should teach others and really get their knowledge out there and kind of expand and help others be creators and co-creators I like that I like that a lot that's how I feel with uh teaching also I mean obviously but I feel in general though if you're passionate about something why not share it with someone else and make them love it too so yeah I I really enjoy it plus I enjoy Keely's voice so it was a great episode and I just love Keely yeah so next week we have telling people about film and that's another one of your people your improv people Joe will be talking about that next week uh, yeah and you guys could uh, hear also about how uh, DC area film work yeah and I am really excited we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekends and we know that you're probably stuck home. And I just want to, you know, if you're not, if you're a healthcare worker, thank you. If you are just working, you know, at a grocery store or anything, just working at this time, I just want to thank you and hope you stay healthy. Thank you so much, everyone. Definitely. Thank you for saving lives and staying home, too, if you guys can stay home. But, yes, thank you so, so much. And please stay safe. All right. Well, have a good week. This was what I'd like to tell people.